0: Welcome to the Deptford Cinema podcast. The podcast Deptford Cinema. Deptford Cinema, the right place for film lovers.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Deptford Cinema's podcast. My name is Rob Shiliga, and I am Slavomir Sokora Sikorsky. This is the second part of a two-parter entitled Guess the Soundtrack. Previously, Slav had recorded himself, elegantly performing five of his favorite um, film soundtracks and then playing them back to me um, to guess uh, title of film and possibly the year uh, director and even maybe the composer. And if I recall, Slav, because it was some time ago now when we did this, I think it was maybe around late April, maybe early May, I performed pretty miserably. Would you agree with that?
2: I was a bit surprised. One of the selections was, was obscure, but um, perhaps I, 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 sort of, I stayed a bit too long in the, in the horror genre, which, which, which was your downfall. But um, I believe it was two out of five, Rob.
1: I think you're right. I think it was two out of five. So we're going to dive right in. I'm going to play you my first clip. Um, I'd like to see if you can guess the title of this film. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: Cracking performance rob super absolutely superb
1: well done mate that was brilliant any idea what film that school comes from
2: so initially i thought i thought i've got it initially i thought it was dumbo um but then the longer the song went on i really started to doubt myself and i felt more like i was I'm pretty sure i i didn't know what it was but i I'd hazard a guess that it's not dumbo and that it's from a i feel like I, i'm getting a strong peter seller's comedy vibe but unnamed i'm unnamed i'm afraid
1: okay interesting unnamed peter seller's comedy vibe well How? this particular this particular film um was very dear to me in in my childhood um Oh. It has a particular um, emotional impact, yeah. especially when the child and the mother are... Um, uh, are uh, Let me say that again. Um, especially when uh, the mother is taking away from the child. It is Dumbo, come on. It is Dumbo indeed, that's right. And oh, can you, brilliant. Can you name the... Uh, either the title of this uh, this piece or describe the sequence of the film from which it's taken?
2: I feel like I'm going to go... It's something like the elephants are marching or the, the elephants march. I know that's not very imaginative, but that's what I'm going for. I think this came from a scene where having been cruelly... Um, Placed into a forcible employment uh, at the circus, Dumbo drinks from a, a bucket which which has some uh, a rather strong IPA in it. Uh, gets super
1: pissed and uh, starts starts hallucinating. You're almost there. The name of this piece is "Pink Elephants on Parade." Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, but your description of the scene, or at least what led up to it, was, was on the mark. Can you remember at all what happens in this uh, strange, trippy scene?
2: I Yeah, I, f- I feel like there is there is definitely a part where there are elephants, which I remember the, it being a very dark, sort of pitch black background almost, with a... Um, sort of, uh, uh, Pencil drawings in sort of fluorescent, uh, not fluorescent light, but kind of LSD, multi rainbow colored uh, uh, um, uh, shapes, which are sort of very simply drawn shapes. And uh, the one thing that really sticks out is it, let me know if this is right that the elephants sort of blow kind of blow sort of squares out of their square kind of square bubbles out of their trunks. And, yes. Uh, you're, that- absolute, you're, you're
1: absolutely oh, on it, yeah.
2: Oh, I love I love Dumbo, that's
1: why. It's um it's an incredible sequence. Um you're right, it takes place at night. They sip from a, a bucket of joy, I think some, some champagne left over from the um, nearby circus <laughs> workers. And Dumbo and his his, his guardian, whose name now um, I should know, but the mouse, Dumbo and his um, mouse um, end up um, enjoying um, a drink or two and then experience this crazy sort of hallucinogenic episode in which they witness all of these colourful elephants emerge and change and form and transform into different shapes. And you're right, there's, there is a really kind of memorable moment where you have like these elephants blowing um blowing different shapes mm. um, merging into each other walking there's one i think there's a sequence where there's a walking elephant with all these heads it's composed of heads mm. then there's um a ice skating sequence which is really beautiful but what's so incredible actually um, if you go back, um, and, 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 and listen to it and, and watch it online, it's, it's incredible how, um, how diverse this, this queue is, how it, how it changes between different styles and different rhythms. I mean, there must be about five or six different genres, um, quoted, if you like, stylistically quoted in this, in this sort of three or four minute sequence. And it's amazing. It's like absolutely amazing. Um, and then it builds, I don't know if you remember, but then it builds to this really crazy frenzy and you have these elephants speeding around as kind of cars and there's a think there's maybe a train and everything's getting really hectic and really chaotic. And then there's a big climax and there's a crash and a a sort of uh, explosion effect and all the elephants come falling down and then they merge back with reality into clouds in the sky and we see then Dumbo uh, and his uh, his mouse guardian slowly wake up uh, in the morning sun.
2: Did they wake up in in the top of a, a tall tree as well at the end of this? So am I remembering that right?
1: I think you are right. Yeah, and
2: that's where they that's where he finally flies with confidence when he kind of falls out of that tree, and then we get the uh, when I see an elephant fly song, which is probably maybe the the other classic on, on that soundtrack.
0: False cinema. False community buys community.
1: Moving on to something, something a little different. So it'll be interesting to see if you, um, if your uh, film knowledge can stretch to okay, to answer yes. this next one. So um, let's go to the second, second clip. <laughs>
2: you play that with a metronome
1: I did not play that with a metronome but I will confess I did the bass line and the melody separately as the um high-tech home keyboard I have sitting here in my uh, apartment lounge has the function to actually record two tracks wow from what I'm from what I'm guessing Slav with the way you were um Responded there. I, I'm guessing you're impressed with the meticulous timing in that performance.
2: Yes, I, I, I was, I was. You're, you're playing. Uh, it's, yeah. It's brought a <laughs> smile to my face. Okay, so. Right. I think you, you've you got. You've clearly. You've you've kippered me here. Um. I'm, I'm totally. I'm gonna. Unlike the last one, I don't really even really have. Uh, initially, I thought. Oh, I thought Dario Argento film, and then. And I thought no, Rob. I I've got no sense that you like his films. Uh, mm, and then, and then, and then there was a there was a sort of a more of a major flourish at the end there that I thought mm, unlikely to be Dario Argento. <laughs> so then I my next my next kind of go to was um, was Kurosawa because I thought he's going to pick some obscure Japanese film here second up. Uh, so. So that's what I'm kind of sticking in the Kurosawa territory um, because I don't really know. I thought, you know, some of those old French films like Band of Brothers, Jean-Pierre Melville, um, any any decent sort of drama. I feel like it could be like a police drama. Um, I'm going to add a total guess because it because a police drama and because of the Japan link. Uh, with you, Rob. I'm going to say Stray
1: Dog by Akira Kurosawa. Well, it's very close, Slav. Seven Samurai. All right. All right. All right. Brilliant. Absolutely Uh, brilliant. So we know it's Kurosawa. Any ideas of the year? Uh, I'm going to go 1961. Ooh, no, you're off there. 1954. Oh, right. 1954, and music composed by Fumio Hayasaka, who uh, also composed the scores for uh, Rashomon, Ikiru, Stray Dog, as well as uh, a bunch of movies uh, from Kenji Mizuguchi, including the utterly sublime Ugetsu. Oh, yes. Uh So, yes, Seven Samurai, um, you were right um when you said that i was going to switch things up by following my disney film with a japanese movie you got that absolutely on the mark
2: (laughs) i just i i thought you had to you had to you had to pick one but uh that's you know that that's um comes for the benefit you know we had plenty of talks on on terminator 2 you know over beers so so i think i think it's having some inside knowledge it's it's fair game, fair game with the <laughs> amount of fair, film chat we, we we've done. But this, this is strange. Yeah, this film because the film I, I I don't think I've seen it twice the whole way mm. through, but I remember it as being, you know, fundamentally heroic. I mean, I, I, I suppose I did say tragic, kind of tragic hero almost. What part of the movie is is this the the main theme, or when, when does this when does this occur?
1: I think it's played in various variations throughout the film, but I do recall it playing in some form at the very end. Um, we, we see the, the, the bandits have been cast away. They've been, they've been killed. The villagers are free. And um, we see this this shot, this sort of next day shot, where all the villagers are singing and they're planting rice. Everybody's really happy and really celebrating. And then we cut to the two samurai looking on um and discussing amongst themselves how happy the villagers are and yet they had lost their own um and we, i think uh, one of the final shots if not the final shot mr peter bluntser would correct me if i'm wrong with this but i believe we go up we pan up to the hill uh and 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 see this this shot of the graves um of the of the fallen samurai seeing again it's an absolute epic story and it's so mm. Imaginative, the camera work and the choreography is even to this day when we think we've seen everything is just breathtaking. It really is uh, an absolute masterpiece. Wonderful, Rob. Wonderful, wonderful. So, from the heights of uh, Japanese cinema to something now um, a little bit different. So, um, here we go with the third piece.
2: Thank you. fantastic you must have had a that that must have been fun
1: um I did have fun yes I did have fun so enlighten us with the title and possibly even the year oh here we go so Beverly Hills Cop correct Axel F okay title track yeah and um
2: I'm gonna say 1980. Zero.
1: 1980, zero. Close. It's actually, I actually thought it was around uh, that time as well. It's actually 84.
2: Yeah.
1: But Beverly Hills Cop, yeah, I believe there was a trilogy. Was there Was there even a fourth film? I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure it was just... I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was just three films yeah, know, and yeah. they progressively got worse, which is um, often yeah. the case. But the first one is an absolute banger. You might remember a very famous banana sequence where the Beverly Hills cop officials put two officers onto Axel to track him and to ensure that he's not in the area continuing his, his, his private investigation. And I think they park up in a car outside this hotel and Axel sees them and parks across the other side of the road and, and sneaks into the hotel foyer and finds from the nearby dining area a bunch of bananas which he takes and then proceeds to insert into the exhaust of the police car uh, waiting outside for him. Uh, and as that, as as he then gets away in the in, in his own car across the road, the um, police car sort of splutters to a halt with the uh, with the bananas in the exhaust.
0: <laughs> Deptford Cinema is a volunteer-run community cinema space located in southeast London. Due to the ongoing coronavirus crisis our current cinema screenings and events have been suspended. We are, however, still active as a community and have migrated online to continue our activities as best possible. We'd like to thank all our patrons, cinema visitors and fellow film lovers in Deptford and around the world for all your continued support during these challenging times. We will continue to serve the community and look forward to reopening the cinema in the near future.
1: Let's move on to my fourth selection. So uh, if it's okay with you, Slav, um, I'll play you um, piece number four.
2: Thank you. Can say with certainty, yeah, this was not a Spanish film. Okay, I my my gut instinct's been okay today, so I I've I've, I've been thinking French all along. When I heard that melody, I thought this is some this is composed by a, by a French person, and um, I feel like this is a movie by this is from a movie by Jean Luc Godard, of which I know few. But um, because of the playful air, because of the... There's a sort of that je ne sais quoi about it all. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm I going to... Uh, I'm going to say that... Um, God, you know... Um, I, haven't, I haven't even seen Breathless. So I'm going to say... May, maybe I'll... Can you tell? Is Jules and Jim? Is that by Goddard?
1: If you were hot or cold, I yeah. would say in this instance you're you're almost freezing.
2: Oh bloody hell! Okay, so so I'll, I, so I'll just, so I'll, just say, I'll just say I'll just say Jules and Jim, and and that was my final. But get let's get into clue territory then. I don't like being freezing.
0: No,
1: I know. I know. I'm going to warm you up, Slab. So you're in the wrong country for a start. Okay, and. You're certainly in the wrong city, right? So we're in a we're in a place that's um, very busy, um, um, a place that maybe's quite low. We're in a time in this uh, country's history where um, there are sort of murky things going on in politics, things recorded, right
2: is this driller killer no the conversation okay i would never have got that so tell me tell me why this is this this made your top 5 list
1: like seven samurai it's a it's a fantastic film yeah um, francis ford Coppola, uh, 1974 this would have been okay. um, i believe just after The Godfather, which was 72.
2: Can I I stop you there? Is this the film where, I think, maybe maybe I have seen this. Is there a scene where there's sort of a... I'm just trying to think. It's kind of like a warehouse apartment. It's like a murder... Um, Um... is there, is there kind of a, a big warehouse like abandoned warehouse apartment type thing? Is it, is it sort of a murder mystery? I'm not I'm not really getting being very specific. I feel like I picture something. Okay, I'm just some ranting now. Carry on, carry on where you That's were. That's
1: okay. I, I I detect that you've probably seen this film at some point. Yes. Um, so it is a mystery. It's a um, a film about this character Harry Cole who works yes. as a um, a private surveillance guy using um, audio technology to listen in and record on yes. uh, on, uh, on unsuspecting people. And um, the, the film is about this uh, recording, a job that he's uh, been commissioned to do, uh, make a recording and deliver it. And a recording that he um, uh, interprets in a particular way. Um, but just a really incredible character study, I think um with some really great performances and and that score i think it opens up we have this great opening sequence um a long um a long sort of zoom in shot on uh square by the park um, where it turns out this recording actually is made and we, we see and hear people dancing and hanging out in the park but then it after this then we we then are introduced to harry cole and um I think the piano, the first instance of the um, of the music, um, is introduced, and it, and it really, I feel, kind of encapsulates this or, or expresses this character that's that's lonely, um, leading quite a, uh, uh, a sort of singular life. But a real standout piece in my mind um, of that kind of new Hollywood era, um, superb filmmaking, and definitely, um, I think, one of Coppola's. Um, best films.
2: Yeah, so I do remember this film. I think this might come into fall in those into that category of films that I saw maybe at home, like with my parents or something, which we, where it's a genuinely good film. I thought, oh, Gene Hackman, here we go. You know, something for everybody. And then, then, then if people switch off, then I kind of I get a bit annoyed. I can't really concentrate in the film.
0: If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts or would like to get involved as a volunteer, please email us at info at deptfordcinema.org.
1: I should mention before we um, move on to our final piece that um, the composer here is David Shire, who also composed the music for A Certain Return to Oz, 1985, the sequel, of course, to Wizard of Oz, that was actually written and directed by a certain Walter Murch, who was the sound designer and editor on a certain The Conversation. So I I, I wanted to throw that in the mix. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but Return to Oz is way up there as a film that I watched as a child. that utterly confounded, confused and scared the hell out of me. Have you seen it at all? No, I don't no, I don't think Ooh. I have, but very, okay. very,
2: very much intrigued. Yeah, we can make that the basis
1: of a I think what this should be uh is um we'll invite yourself and maybe two or three other guests mm. to watch the film and then we'll discuss it afterwards. I think it's a real treat, you're gonna really enjoy that. It's a date. Brilliant. So we are into my fifth and final piece. Please take a listen to this.
2: I think the pressure is
1: on because I'm on on
2: two correct guesses here with one to go. <laughs> I, think I didn't notice the uh, the satanic chanting buried
1: in that i just couldn't resist you'll notice that i really was smashing the keys yeah. because uh i yeah. felt so overwhelmed with emotion while hammering this out that i felt you know
0: yeah
1: i had to just i had to just you know open up and bellow out in the lowest possible register
2: yeah this was the, this was the first incidence of spontaneous singing so so kudos to you for that and uh what, what an, another fantastically weird track that um, I'm, I'm going to struggle with. Uh, so rather than kind of go off on one, can,
1: can I go straight into uh, clue territory? I thought I gave you a big clue in the performance, actually, but you've, um, you haven't quite picked up on it. So mm. I should say that this film has no particular narrative. In fact, it doesn't even have any dialogue.
0: Oh, shit.
1: We see footage of uh various places m- notably across america across North America,
2: yeah
1: panoramic landscapes, nature oh the city
2: oh is people
1: it, yeah, is it oh
2: God, is it that unpronounceable one <laughs> <laughs> um, the
1: one the one the one I was belting out with my voice.
2: Well, you were, you were saying the title.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, I thought <laughs> oh that was going to give. God. I thought that would. I thought that was going to give it away to you, Slav, if I sang uh, the title to you. Oh,
2: is it? Is it? Is it in like three parts?
1: This film is the first of a trilogy. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, it is
1: part of a trilogy.
2: And it's by. It's by a big name. Is it like Lucas or something? By Lucas.
1: George Lucas and um, Francis Ford Coppola were involved as, as executive producers. Um, yeah, I know Louis. I know Louis is
2: absolutely screaming at me right now because I remember having a conversation. I think in like Quexicoatl, but he was like a, he was an Aztec <laughs> emperor. That's that. The, 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 it's 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 similar to that. Um, I think I should get a half points. So I think I know what it is. I just did the, t- <laughs> the title. It's got. I remember. I remember there's a scene in one of them, which and it's the um, the engine of a space shuttle That's shot right. from underneath. Uh, it might even be the start of one of them, but th- that was my my favourite scene where you know the space shuttle engines are firing up, and it's I don't know how they did it because it's super. The camera is just super close, sort of a ground level looking up at the inside of this enormous. Kind of cavernous uh, engine opening. Uh, um,
1: yeah, so so yeah, half a point for Quexicoatl. I'm going to give you half a point just for the just just for effort. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So this is um, Koyanatskazi. Oh yeah. You... Okay. Which 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 if you listen back, and I hope you do once this episode yeah. recording has finished, you know you can listen back and 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 hear me um, belting that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Koyanetskatsi, um, in the Hopi language, meaning, meaning what do you think? Uh, Rebirth. Okay. Unbalanced Life. Oh, all right.
2: 1982,
1: uh, American film produced and directed by Godfrey, uh, Reggio, hmm. if I'm pronouncing that right. And music composed by? Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Boom. And there's another connection, another connection to your, um, episode, uh, be I believe, man. um, Candyman, exactly.
2: Thank you. you. Full circle.
1: Rewatching it this year under lockdown um, in a time of increasing awareness of of climate change um, and our effect on the environment was particularly powerful. If any of our listeners haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, I highly recommend watching the film again in the current uh, context. Uh, It's pretty devastating, actually. And you sort of wonder. This was made in um, 1982, or this was uh, this was released in 1982. I think it was made over many, many years. And um, you realise that maybe we haven't really moved on actually to address some of those issues. In fact, we've increased our um, our impact on the natural world. There's a lot there to chew over, but an incredible cinematic experience really is. The film is described as a visual tone poem, and the director explains the lack of dialogue by stating it's not for lack of love of the language that these films have no words it's because from my point of view our language is in a state of vast humiliation it no longer describes the world in which we live which is a great quote um that i also think is incredibly relevant in yes. the current climate on many levels both uh, climate change and beyond um yes and so to experience this film without words, and without language, it's, it's very powerful.
2: Yeah, so resting, I mean, definitely the, the visuals, it, it has the power to shock you out of kind of established ways of sort of seeing and thinking and hearing. It's just kind of un, undeniably powerful. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I might, uh,
1: might watch a bit before bed, Rob, having been inspired by you. Queen that's I think a poignant end to a, a very um, enjoyable uh, two sessions with you Slav thank you very much for your contributions and your uh, help with this it's been an absolute pleasure Rob and uh, looking forward to continuing it somehow yes yes we will um plot and plan for a uh, forthcoming episode for sure so um thank you very much Slav and uh, look forward to that
0: thank you for listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast for more information about our current online activities, please visit our website, www.depfordcinema.org. Deptford Cinema. For Cinema, the right place for film lovers.